Hello and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, March 14th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we discuss preaching to the choir.io, web apps for watches, and a second look at smart glasses. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Little uh, beat down this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a, a, a bundle of energy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a crazy week, that's for sure. Did you guys get the? Uh, did you guys get a snowstorm this morning? Uh, no, we got maybe a quarter inch of snow. Yeah, it got. It was it was really windy yesterday. Mm. Yeah, we got it today. It was like in the 60s yesterday, and today yeah. it's like a blinding blizzard. Yeah, same here. It went from 73 to 15. <laughs> exactly. So, didn't didn't help. You know the the way I felt this week that that did not help. No. But <laughs> I expected. Uh, I was I was thinking. Oh, I love Rhode Island. I like these big changes in weather. And then, but you're in Kentucky, so yeah. <laughs> I guess it's just general polar vortex action. <laughs> we've got uh we've got housekeeping this week we do mm. and hopefully hopefully this week we don't i don't get interrupted by the ups guy because he should be delivering stickers any moment oh excellent and i didn't put that in the housekeeping which i should have ladies and gentlemen there are stickers available for free if you uh just tell us where to ship them to we'll send you some uh jbot and kbot stickers uh that Kelly won in the uh, Rails Rumble. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I got some um, uh, in the Rails Rumble. Um, you know, that that part where I won. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I uh, it included the prizes. The the prizes included some sticker mule credit. So, I whipped up some some JBot and KBot stickers. Nice. And to, to give him a print. Yep, and there is a um, there is a Google. Docs form. I think it's nope. What, what URL did I give it? It's a bit.ly link, and I think it's niche-sticker-form. Uh, yes. So we'll post that in the show notes. But if you want, just go to that URL and fill out your shipping uh, details, and we'll send you the sticker. And there's a link to the the artwork too, so you can decide first if it's worth giving us. <laughs> your shipping address yeah uh they're, they're nice big stickers yeah supposedly supposedly i haven't, haven't seen them yet but they're like five five by three and three quarters or something so are you calling stickle sticker mule liars no no i'm not calling <laughs> sticker mule liars i'm just i have had sticker mule stickers before and they're, they're really good quality stickers so oh well, that's good to know um all right, this week's sponsored by Sticker Mule. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I should probably put my shipping address in there too. Yeah, I have it. Okay. Um, let's see. So what else do we have in housekeeping? So uh, one thing I'm sort of bummed to report that uh, I think last week or the week before we were talking about Zapier, mm-hmm. which is a um, sort of a clone of If This Then That. 
and uh, and and we were kind of raving about it because it's uh, it's got a lot more integrations than Ift does because they allow developers to create their own integrations. Yes, uh, which is super cool. I really love it. Um, and those guys actually reached out and thanked us for talking about it and let us know that it's pronounced Zapier. <laughs> that makes sense. It does. It's, I does it because it's like it's like rapier with a Z. Uh, that's true. It is, but you create zaps. So you do create zaps. They're not zapes, which sounds really. That sounds weird. Um, but I like Zapier better. But anyway, yeah, I kind of, I kind of wondered, but I, uh, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I see where they're coming from. <laughs> yeah, Zapier. They gotta, they gotta stick with the metaphor. Yeah, I feel like it's gonna be zap. I feel like they need to add a, a second P in there. Right, right, but they can't because it's API in the middle there. Oh, oh, oh! It is, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't catch that at first, so they're yeah. they're stuck between. This is this is a classic. You know me. This is a classic. Like I would go back and forth for two weeks about this and change my yeah, mind five yeah, times. Yeah, you would. You would. Yeah. Like I ah, know we can't. Yeah, I know I would. Yeah. I want to call them Zaps, but I want to pronounce the name of the thing Xavier, and we can't put an extra P in there, but we should. But we can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, like, dear listener. I it it took my, like, my head would explode. <laughs> yeah. It took like, yeah, and meanwhile, you'd be coding it and have to change the, yeah, yeah. I changed the, I changed the spelling of spoken like seven hundred times when we were working on uh, yes, spoken. Yes, did. Yeah, anyway, I, I'm obsessed with that. So that's where my OCD comes out. Spelling, In naming things, yeah. naming things. I think it's critical. I think yeah, it does. Uh, there have been, I don't think there's been a single project we work on worked on together where I haven't had to go back and rename something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm obsessed with it because it's. But you know why? And I this is my rationale is that it saves you. Like the problem. The problem is like a lot of times, not with you, but a lot of times you get like severe developer cleverness in code. Oh, so you're st- <laughs> I'm not clever. No, I mean clever in the bad way. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. Yeah, like like isn't that like one liners? I cannot stand dense one line like like clump of code yeah like if if you're trying to i'm 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 all for one-liners but if they really should be more than one line and you have to get like super clever to yeah yeah i'm like it's, i'm just i'm all about self-documenting code it's like if you need your code to be smaller then compress it but don't right. write it that way so anyway um and i'm the same way with naming where it's like i tend to want to i i do it to the client too i'm like okay let's when we start a project i'm like okay we need to agree on terms because you guys are using different words for the same thing yeah or i don't understand what you're talking about so let's all get on the same page and like create a glossary for the project and only use this word and when we're talking about this thing so yeah so i get really bad about it uh anyway (laughs) moving right along um so this is a funny little thing. We put up a page of niche sound bites for the, the intrepid dear listener who wants to make a uh, soundboard of us waffling. See, I was I was not aware that we had put up a page. Well, it's not really a page. It's a it's a directory. Directory listing. Okay. Yeah, it's just right now it's just a directory listing of little I think there were wave files. And uh it's just a bunch of snippets that I grabbed when I was going through and creating the um creating the uh was it christmas episode or something the old waffles episode yeah so we were going back through the old tapes if you will and uh, i grabbed a bunch of sort of like one or two second sound bites that uh i found funny some some of us some of them are just ridiculous out of context yeah they're super 
yeah, they're some even... are ridiculous in context. <laughs> yeah, there were some like medium length ones that I didn't throw in there, like ones that were that were more of a sentence. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, oh, that's not really appropriate in a soundboard, but whatever. So yeah, you can go through there and get all sorts of. You could string together a basically a ransom note of our podcast. <laughs> Uh, so that's kind of fun. Link in the show notes, of course. And lastly, in housekeeping, uh, you put up uh, a new blog post about sort of like scoping CSS and JavaScript. I did. I did. And and simple simple way to do that inside Rails applications. And it's you know it's kind of one of those things. It's you have to make a decision. Do you want to to put everything in? in one big file and concatenate it that's all compressed and, and minified and all that and then kind of encapsulate bits and pieces of that or or do you want to be loading a, a separate file for each page? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, th- I think the answer to this is always it depends. Yeah, I think so. Um, what, what did you... And, and it looked like... I didn't read the... I just saw the blog post, so I didn't read it yet, but mm-hmm. it, did you sort of come to that conclusion or did you come up with different different approaches? Uh, no, the basically the blog post was just um, like this different approaches and then it explains how to do some, some, uh, some stuff inside the Rails app to just kind of let you scope everything in, in one big JavaScript file. Gotcha. So, just, just um, but uh, so I didn't really go too much into the other, the other ways of handling it. But um, you know, other than maybe listing some pros and cons. But yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it, it depends. It, it really does. I think if you if you have, if you have a lot of JavaScript dependencies that are that are used app wide, or, or you have just tons, like. Then, then you you may want everything, want to load everything, and, and then cache it. Or if if your JavaScript is fairly, fairly fairly separate chunks and and lots of it, then it, you may be better off making additional um, HTTP requests um, and loading them on individual pages. You know, it's, it's just it it varies. Right. Uh, cool. I think that's all of the housekeeping. Okay, so let's jump into the future, shall we? Sure. All right, so three topics this week, sort of related, I suppose. Preaching to the choir, the first thing. So last week we talked about choir.io, and we were super excited about the, um, it's like a, it's like a, an API that you send events to, and it then returns a sound. Yes. And did you do that? Did I do what? No, just, just as you said, it then returns a sound, I got a bloop from choir.io no. through my headset. Like just the instant you said that. <laughs> nope, not me. But yeah, it's really cool. So both of us, uh, what did you what did you install it on? Your personal site? Uh, I have it I have it on my website, my blog, um, a a little forum that I run that's just some friends of mine. Mm-hmm. And um uh, GitHub account and Basecamp. Mm. And I installed it on um my personal site and niche and Kilo. And so what happened, so what happens is as people are navigating around, at least in my case, when people are navigating around one of those sites, every single time somebody views a page, uh, an API call gets made to choir that, that basically logs the action. And then if I have a player open in another window or on another device or whatever, it, bloops or beeps or drips or or makes whatever the alert sound is for that particular event 
and uh, it's like it's amazing how I I almost don't think it's almost like scary because I'm like geez if <laughs> if I only knew you know like yeah th- like all of a sudden I'm like damn my site's getting crawled like by some wacky stuff like there's some weird stuff going on on my site which is not surprising but it's mm-hmm. when you're actually listening to it it's kind of alarming <laughs> yeah like all of a sudden you'll hear like like rain basically like a ton of drips and they're like what is that and then you go and you can see that something's crawling my site and like yeah like getting every single page and then like getting a bunch of 404s which makes a, a much louder more intrusive scary noise <laughs> like a narwhal dying and uh and, and i'm like what is this thing doing it's, i almost don't want to know but anyway <laughs> but it's super super cool now did you how did you uh embed it in your pages did you use javascript or something on the server side i uh, no, i just have a little bit of php yeah that's what i did too and so i ended up taking it out because um it would sometimes hold up the http response mm. so and i'm i'm pretty sure i remember that you can uh, uh spawn a process in php that doesn't block the the actual page I know you can do it in bash. Maybe in PHP, you have to like hand it off to bash with like the asterisk or uh, ampersand or something to, uh, to make that sort of process go off and do its thing and, and, and not wait for choir to return. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm, I'm like hypersensitive about even 500 milliseconds. It's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not adding yeah. 500 milliseconds to a page load. So uh, anyway, uh, so that was super fun. And, and, oh, and oh, by the way, the reason that we were able to even do this is because the dudes from choir.io, it's two guys, uh, just somehow heard about the podcast and, uh, invited us to their super secret private beta. Yes. So, thank you guys. Yes. Thank you very much. If you're listening, uh, drop us an address. We'll send you stickers. Exactly. <laughs> So, dear listener, it's not open yet. You can go to choir.io and put your um, choir.io and put your email address in for an invite. But uh, but unless you're podcasting, sorry, you're out of luck. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, 99 episodes, and finally it pays off. Woo-hoo. Yay! Uh, cool. So that was that is really cool. I think that we're gonna see big things around this. Um, as yeah. And and their 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 motivations and reasons for building it are, are pretty much the same thing we were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll link to the blog post. There's a there's a it's a great 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 blog post. Yeah, and it's they they talk about ambient information, which is basically what it is. So you you just have this background knowledge of what's happening and this and this very busy. It's it's important for it to be a very busy thing. Otherwise, it doesn't really have a benefit. Mm-hmm. Um. But super yeah, you cool. kind of you kind of soak it up on a subconscious level. You don't even really consciously think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had it on my computer, and I was I was actually sleeping on the couch, and uh, and I was awoken from a sound sleep when the, even though the noise was sort of ongoing, when the four hundred fours would come up, it, it would wake me up every mm. time, and it was like, which is bad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but is is exactly the effect that you're going for. Like on a production, it would be a great on a production site to have. To have that kind of monitoring on in the background, yeah. I definitely want to do it. Have it on the background in your office. Yeah, and just like know what's going on, or like know it's like a, 
early warning system or like everything, you know, you know, the difference between things humming along and, and things, you know, getting hectic and, and yeah. like errors starting to get thrown. It's, you know, before emails from customers start coming in, like the site's down or the site's slow or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, the internet doesn't sound right. <laughs> Something sounds wrong. I hear a problem on my site. <laughs> it sounds like the site's broken. So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of audio in general, as we said last week. And it's like, I, I just think that there's, audio is way underused. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could be doing a lot more with audio. So I, I love every every kind of advance in that area, like SoundCloud and, and this and just podcasting, the popularity of podcasting in general and new smaller devices like the dash just in-ear smart buds and like i I just think audio is audio is going to be huge (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know it's it's funny my my choir stream has been pretty quiet almost like the entire morning until we started talking about it and now it's just getting (laughs) blips and bloops and drips and drops constantly (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's the way it is i suppose there's another one (laughs) yeah that one was me um, okay, cool. So, uh, oh, well, so the point of bringing that up is that um, uh, our dear Kelly is writing a, planning to, anyway, write a, uh, a gem. Yes, to I want to, want to write a gem to, to integrate with choir. I just, it's been a hectic week. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to, to start on it this weekend. Excellent. Well, my advice is to figure out a way to spawn a process, <laughs> not not force the page to block. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. Maybe I'll port it to PHP so I can use it. Uh, cool. So keep your eyes peeled, dear listener, for Preacher. Yeah. Um, okay. So moving right along. Um, the reason I've been especially obsessed with speed this week, especially on Kilo... Uh, is that uh, the, the the new Pebble software was released. I, I cannot remember if we talked about this last week or not, but I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Yeah, I feel like I've been talking about it all week, but I think we missed the podcast cutoff. But so, so if you're a long-time listener, you'll recall that I, I got the Pebble watch when it, you know, the Kickstarter watch initially, and I liked it, and... It was really cool being able to just glance down and see your notifications without having to pull your phone out of your pocket. And it was immediately apparent to me that I pulled my phone out of my pocket a lot just because of Mm -hmm. notifications, Mm -hmm. because I was using my phone a lot less once I got the watch. So, and I was, that was cool because I was like, well, I don't use Bluetooth for anything. So now that I have to use Bluetooth for the watch, I'm afraid it's going to kill my battery, but I stopped, I stopped using the phone so much that, or I, I use the phone, like, let's say I turned on the screen 50% less, which is about what it felt like. Yeah. You know, that's a huge battery saving. So yeah, it is. on balance, I was getting more, it, it, battery life wasn't an issue, basically. Right. It kind of offset itself. Right. And then they updated to, um, they, they released an update for both the, the watch firmware and the mobile app that... I don't know, like use Bluetooth LE for something like, like Bluetooth LE got a bunch of headlines and they decided they were going to put in, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what the deal is, but they, they added in Bluetooth LE to the phone, uh, to the watch. And so now, so then at the time, there was this big delay, there was a delay, right? So it was like, 
So it was like your phone would buzz and you'd wait two, three, four. And you're like, oh my God. And then the watch would buzz and you'd, then you'd look <laughs> at your watch and it happened every single time. And it was like, I could have pulled up my phone, looked at the notification and put it back before the watch even responded. So right. it was like completely annoying. Yeah, that, that would that would annoy me, drive me crazy. Yeah. And so then, you know, the thing was like, oh, well, I'll shut off notifications on the phone and just send them to the watch. But you can't do that. There's there's no way to to mute them on the phone without right. also muting them on the watch. So I basically stopped wearing it. Um, and then fast forward probably like maybe six months, maybe three months. And there were a couple of more updates and um, I got a Moto X. And the, the cool thing about the Moto X is that it has the... Um, has trusted device support on it. Mm-hmm. So I started wearing the watch again with no notifications turned on at all, just so that I could pair it with the Moto X so that as long as the watch was connected to the phone, I didn't have to use the lock screen. Right. Which is amazingly useful. Yeah, this is this is why I just bought an NFC ring. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, the NFC ring... Uh, I think that works with more devices than just the Moto, but I think it, yeah, it does. That's the phone you have, though, but, so it doesn't but matter. The, you can do the NFC unlock. Yeah, that is really cool. So, so like you can essentially, sort of, basically, your phone is locked when it's not near you, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you want. Right. Uh, so I'm really digging that feature. I have a an app on uh, an app on my Android phones called Automate It that leaves my Android devices unlocked when I'm on my home network. Yeah, I had one called Skip Lock that did the same thing, but I started I I started having I don't know it just it, it wasn't a hundred percent reliable, and there were a couple of times where I would would enter my passphrase that I I knew was correct, and it wouldn't unlock the phone, and I'm just like nah, I don't want to risk not being able to get into my phone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's lame. Um. So, so anyway, so I started wearing the watch again. Back to the pebble, and then they came out with. Um, the they came out with an app store for Pebble and and with it sort of at the same time was this uh, Pebble 2.0 software mm-hmm. and I was so underwhelmed by the app store announcement that I was like whatever you know like app store app store app store Samsung's got an app store everybody's got an app store everybody mm-hmm. you know but then when uh, when I actually installed it I was like oh my god did I underestimate how important this is <laughs> it's a big deal so it makes me want to get a Pebble now. Oh, so great. And it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, if, if the iPhone didn't prove this to everyone, then it, I mean, I don't know why I didn't think it was a big deal, but, um, so what's, it's kind of, it's a little abstract. If you don't have one, it's kind of weird, but, um, since the, the watch is so tightly coupled with the phone, the, it's kind of like a two-step process where you, You've got the the Pebble app on your phone, and then you there's a store in the phone app, and you pull down like you pull down software to your phone, and you keep it in this locker. It's called mm-hmm. in the app locker, which means it's on your phone, but not not yet installed on the watch, because the watch will only hold eight apps. Yeah. So you might want more than that, and you keep them on your phone, and you can switch them back and forth pretty easily. Uh, depending on your situation. But in my experience so far, it's only been a week, but so far there's really only like, I don't know, like a few on there that, that I think are that big a deal so far. So, so it's stuff like, um, 
uh, Foursquare. So like Foursquare is on my watch, so I can go to a place and like literally just, you know, press the. There's there's four buttons. There's basically a, a back button, a select button, and an up and a down button. It's kind of like an old iPod actually, and you, uh, you know, Foursquare. You just just open for you don't open it you just like scroll to foursquare press the button it's like check in yes or no boom check in and it, it shows you like uh areas near you it's got gps on it the phone's got gps on it it's connected to the phone so it's kind of like you're logged into foursquare on your phone so it knows who you are on the watch it's like it's it it's kind of weird but with the app store the the um some of the friction and like wonkiness of getting the app set up is taken away because it's kind of like uh, normalized, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But it's great. Like, like, so now, I mean, the, there's a big shift here, which is that like before on the watch. And in fact, I even said it was a good thing. You can't do anything on the watch. You can just, you just know things. So like you get a notification, you look at it, you just know, okay, that's what, you know, but now you can do things and it's not, I don't think it's that bad actually, because the things are so, they're so focused, you know what I mean? Cause you have like no, mm -hmm. so few controls and so small of an interface. It's like, it's, it's actually really cool because it, it speaks to our philosophy of like starting small when you're building an application experience. Cause yeah. it forces you to be like, what is the number one core thing that this application does? Exactly. I, I love small apps that do one thing really well. Mm hmm. Yeah, and the watch just completely forces you like to have to have it do any more than one thing would just be redonkulous. You just be like, "Come on." You know, it's like, I mean, I wish I could remove half the stuff from the from the the main not the watch face, but the main home screen of the watch. There's a there's a, you know, there's a whole list of things like uh uh the first screen, it's just like an old iPod. You got like Music, notifications, alarms, watch faces, settings, and then your apps. Mm -hmm. I would love it if I could remove music from there because I'll never, ever use it. Right. Uh, notifications is, has been updated, by the way, and I complained about this in the past. Uh, in the past, if you didn't actually see the notification come on the screen, there was no way to look at the history, so you had to pull out your phone if you missed it. Yeah. Now you can scroll back. Now you can scroll through them, which is killer. Just, just so great. The delay is gone. The delay is gone. Yeah, they, it must have been just something that they needed to fix or whatever. Uh, I don't know, but the delay is gone, and um, uh, and the apps are just amazing. So let me just quickly go through the apps. Um, there's one called Pebble Cards, which allows you to. It's kind of like it's almost Google Nowish in a way, where you can set up a couple of different sub applications inside of Pebble Cards. So it's almost like a way to get. Um, it's almost like a way to get widgets onto the watch. And there's things like stock report or um, RSS or, uh, God, what are some of the other ones? Time to home. And so you can pick a couple of these. You probably wouldn't pick a lot of them because you don't want to scroll through them all, but you could just pick a couple. And one of them is called custom. And what custom is, uh, is you just enter a URL and that's it. And the and if the URL returns JSON that has a property called content, then it'll just put that content on the screen. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's awesome. So I set up a page in Kilo where and, and, and I should mention that the um, that the, the content is shown 
beneath like a watch face. So, so half the screen at the top, it says Thursday, March 13th, 1115. That's, that's the time it is right now. And then there's a, a line halfway, horizontal line halfway across the screen. And then underneath that is like maybe one, two, three, four, five lines of text area where your custom text pops in. So you can leave, you can leave this. It's kind of like a watch face. In fact, I, I, I well, I'll get to that in a second. It's kind of like a watch face, but then underneath you can put custom, like a custom widget. And mm -hmm. so underneath there, I've got three options that you can scroll through. One is the battery percentage because the by default the watch doesn't tell you how where the battery is at which is annoying uh and then the local weather which i don't know why i have that on there because i know what the local weather is but I, somehow i like to look at it and then i and then the third one is custom and it points at a url on the kilo site that um is just basically like get kilo.com slash pebble slash and then your email address and it retrieves um, the calories you have left for the day and then it, as many of the recent things that you ate or exercised in a list. So you can, you can, you can see immediately, like, like I'm looking at it right now and it says I've got uh, 1,270 calories left for the day and so far I've had cereal and Gatorade. Mm -hmm. So I know like, and I know like, oh, I know the last thing I ate is cereal. So I know that I updated you know what I mean? Like I know those yeah. calories are accurate and I know the watch updated. I know it's in sync. I don't need to say like, um, Oh, last updated at some time or whatever. I can see like my entries. And if you long press on it on the button on the select button, it'll slide over and give you a full screen version of the widget. So if you had more text, you could fit a full screen of text, which actually is quite a, quite a lot of, well, it's plenty of text. It's probably like, it's probably 200 characters of text, maybe 300. So, so this, like, this is mind blowing, like in maybe 10 minutes and using this Pebble cards app, you know, I, I did like 10 minutes of programming on the Kilo site to create a new controller basically. Right. And, uh, and just pointed at the URL and like, bang, all of a sudden I've got like glanceable information on my watch, which again is like one, it's probably 15 times a day. I probably pull up my phone to see my calories. So, so I pull out the phone. Uh, fortunately I don't have to unlock it anymore, but if I'm using my iPhone, I have to unlock it and then I'll go like, then I launch the app and wait for the app to launch. And then, okay, that's how and it's like, you know, it's probably like at least five seconds. Now I just look at the watch done. Right. Yeah. That's, that's nice. Being, being able to do the custom cards sounds awesome. Mm, it's great. I wish you could have multiple ones. So, yeah. so oh, you can only have one. Yeah, there's one custom card. Oh, that so, stinks. well, yeah, but that leads me to I'm going to write a watch face that allows you to because this isn't a watch face; it's an app. There's there's mm -hmm. two kinds of two kinds of things you can build for um, well, really three kinds of things you can build for Pebble. One is uh, a, a straight up app, which is like it's just on the phone. So I've got I, sorry, it's just on the watch. It doesn't really need the phone after the installation. And so I've got one of those called um, seven minute workout, which is so cool. Mm -hmm. It's like um, it gives you like uh, you, you, you basically press go, you know, you start it and it, it says uh, jumping jacks and it's got a countdown of like, uh, I don't know how long it is, but it shows you this progress bar. So you're doing jumping jacks, you've got the watch on. And then when it, when the progress bar runs out, 
vibrates so you know to stop and then you look at it and it says rest and it's about 30 second countdown and then it says next exercise is push-ups and then you're like okay and you, you rest and then you get ready for the push-ups and then it buzzes you start doing the push-ups you don't have to look at the watch because then it buzzes when you're done and then it says rest for 30 seconds next up is uh, squats or whatever you know and it's mm-hmm. like it's so it wouldn't work with a phone because you like you'd have to strap right, the phone to you yeah. somehow it would be I don't know. Cause like the exercises are all very different. You're like lunges and uh, jump up on this chair and like do all these different things. <laughs> and I, I've literally never done like, I've never done like any kind of like DVD exercise program or had a trainer or, you know, I'm, I like going to the gym, but I don't go as much as I used to, but, uh, but this is literally the first time I've ever used anything like this. And it was great. It's awesome. And I was like, damn. But anyway, the point is that that's, that's a little standalone application. It doesn't need your phone. It doesn't need any, uh, basically it doesn't need any network access or authentication. So it can just stand alone on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I keep saying that. Standalone on the watch. <laughs> then there are companion apps, which are kind of like a combination thing. So a companion app is like an extension of, a, of an app that's on your phone. So okay. like Foursquare is a perfect example of a companion app. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm. Where you go in and you, you've you got Foursquare on your phone and you install the Foursquare Pebble app and then you install that on your phone, but you authenticate inside of the phone so that the watch app knows who you are and can check in for you there. And knows. Right, and then you could do a couple couple of things on the watch, like check in. Yep, you can, you basically, uh, you say, just want to check, yeah, check in. And then it says, okay, local, you know, places near you. And then you scroll through the list, find the one you're at and just press on it and checks in. You can't, you can't change any settings like, like whether or not to share to Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You can't comment. You can't do anything like that. You can just check in, but that's perfect. Like I check in, uh, you know, I'm sort of getting back into Foursquare mm-hmm. and the watch is, is accelerating that process. At least for now, I might get sick of it again, but you know, get like check in fatigue, but it's, it's super great to be able to just like look at your watch, click, click, wait a second for it to load the things and boom, checked in, done. And it's just one more time you're not pulling your phone out of your pocket. Like all these, every little thing and not pulling your phone out of your pocket. And it's just making me realize like how much I pull my phone out of my pocket, one, and and two, how much I like it when I don't have to. Yeah, because I get a lot of notifications on my phone throughout the day and it would be super nice to not have to. Like I'm... I'm I'm quite often like turning on my phone. Like even even when I'm sitting at my computer and I get an email, if I'm like in an editor doing something, I won't leave the editor to go to my browser and look yeah. at Gmail. I'll I turn do the on same phone. thing. Yeah, I do the same thing. See if it's something I need to deal with. Yeah, it's weird. Like it's it's really. I mean, it speaks to. Uh, I think it speaks to the shift that's happening, and I think it's important for. Um, web designers and web developers because they're the ones that are going to end up building this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not going to have, well, yeah. I mean, who else is going to do it? Like Java developers? Yeah. No, <laughs> it's going to be people who are currently building websites and people who are currently building mobile websites and yeah, people who are doing iOS development aren't going to get into this. I, I just don't see that transition. I mean, maybe, but you know, maybe you've got, Maybe you've got a really popular app like Foursquare, and yeah, yeah, let's yeah, they get might, they might get into like an Apple Watch or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's what it'll be more like, more likely. But so the thing is, like, I've been doing this talk called um, 
the death of the touchscreen for for mm -hmm. a while, like for two years. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to show, like I'm starting to see it happen, like where where when I do have to pull out my phone, I'm like, God, this is annoying. Because <laughs> you pull out your phone and then you just get sucked into notification quicksand. And like, oh, these badges, all these badges on all these ads, like my, the phone is like becoming really annoying. And you don't want to pull it out because it's because if you pull it out. Yeah, it's like I, I get a little mad every time I have to use my phone in the sunlight. Well, there's that. <laughs> But I mean, don't like, has this ever happened to you? You, you reach for your phone to do something and then five minutes later, you're like, what was I doing? And then yeah, you I'll put your like, phone I, down. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want, I want to tweet. Oh, wait, there's 11. There's a badge on my email that says 11. And oh, wait, there's a badge that says I need a system update. Yeah. Here's a badge that says, yeah. Right. And that like, I'll, just like you said, like, I'll be at the computer. I don't want to change what I'm doing on the computer. I'm like, oh, I forgot to log my serial. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to track my, so I pick up the phone and I'm like, oh, there's oh, no, so okay, I'm going to do this. And then, all right. Oh yeah. I'll just do that update and put the phone back down. I go back to what I was doing. I'm like, I forgot to log my serial. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, and, and like Android, turn on the Android phone, get the little lock screen. And, and then up at the top is this big bar that, uh, you know, at the bar at the top, there's like, uh, there's hangouts notification. Oh, look, there's an alarm clock I left on. Oh, look, there's a little, little triangle there saying applications have updated. Well, what updated? And it's just, yeah. So like this little, little ray of tiny icons going halfway across the screen that I just can't ignore. Yeah. It's really, really, uh, uh, I want to say addictive. It's not really the right word, but it, it just sucks you in. Yeah. So to be able to yeah. just like, just like do the task at hand, I don't know. It's, I, I guess my point is like, like there is a, a case for lots of more sort of special purpose devices like wearables. Wearables mm -hmm. is definitely not a fad. It is definitely going to catch on. Yeah, Go it needs needs more refinement, but it's definitely going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like in, in fact, we're going to talk about uh, Google Glass in compared to Pebble in a little bit. But but uh, it's, I mean, really the only, the complaint I have about the watch right now is that Bluetooth sucks. Mm -hmm. And like when it, like I'll, it happens to me three times a day that the watch is like not connected to Bluetooth. It says it's not connected. But my phone says it's still connected to a trusted device. So the phone thinks it's connected, but the watch doesn't. Mm -hmm. So then you're like, okay, I got to shut off Bluetooth. Like, what do I have to shut off? I shut off Bluetooth on yeah. the phone, shut it off. Forget, keep, okay, now forget the phone, forget the forget the phone on the watch, forget the watch on the phone. Okay, great. Now, <laughs> yeah. okay, now pair. Okay, now yeah. both of them buzz. Okay, now <laughs> pair those. <laughs> and it's that is super annoying. Com um, complex but, Bluetooth dance. Oh, my God. It's the worst. <laughs> But there, you know, it's, I don't think there's a better option right now. That's the real, that's the drag. Yeah. Yeah. Like Zigbee, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> and like Wi Fi Direct, I don't think so. And NFC is NFC is too, too close. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. So that's, that brings me to another topic. Well, geez, there's so many things to talk about with the watch. <laughs> another topic is, and this is a change of heart that I've had. So I don't, I haven't sprung this on you. So I'll get your reaction. Okay. When people first started talking about smartwatches and before the Samsung one came out, it was like, 
I didn't, and even the Pebble, when the Pebble was announced, I'm like, it's lame. It, sh- it should be able to connect directly to the internet. Mm-hmm. It should be like a Kindle. It should have WhisperNet. It should be able, I don't, it shouldn't be tethered to a phone. And I'm starting to change my mind about that, but only because I think it's, it's going to be, I, I think that it, when, it, when you think about using your phone the way that you use your phone, I still stand by that statement. But I think we're going to start using our phones very differently. And, and that is why I think that it, it might make sense to continue tethering to the phone. Or to, to mm-hmm. put it another way, I think it makes sense to have one device that's connected to the internet, not 10. Yeah. And whether or not that's your phone is irrelevant to me. Like it could be a MiFi that you just have in your bag or your back pocket. But it doesn't like a, like dealing with all this stuff. I'm like, there's no way it makes sense to have have like a cellular connection on every single one of these things. No, you want like your own little server. Yes, that everything goes through. Yes, you want your own well own little router. A little router, yeah. Yep. So you you want a little on body router that is connected to the internet and can connect devices to it with something more reliable than Bluetooth, please God. <laughs> and 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 maybe. And so, so then all of a sudden your phone isn't your phone anymore. Now you have an iPod touch, yeah, which is half the price, a third of the price. Now you have an iPad without 3g, which is $200 cheaper. Now you have, uh, you know, Google glass that can work on Wi-Fi without a phone. Now you have, uh, you know, the watch doesn't though. The watch has to, the watch has to have a connection, but if it Bluetooths to the router, then now the watch can connect to that. And I do believe that we will, we will see what, what we currently think of as a modern smartphone, say iPhone 5S, that's going to explode into its component parts and they're going to go into the, the component parts are going to go into the places that they're most appropriate Mm -hmm. because it's totally inappropriate to have the radio, like to have a cellular radio in the handset. It's a dumb place to put it. If you, but if you're only going to carry one thing, okay. You know, it's self-contained and it's pretty nice, but that has a lot of drawbacks. Battery life, for example, and also weight and size. What if you could take a power, you have, if you had like a, something that would be too big for your hand, but still really conveniently sized, like say the size of a Kindle Fire. Yeah. You put it in your bag. It's got no screen. It's got a killer battery and it's got, um, and it's got like a 4G connection and, and all sorts of radios like Bluetooth yeah, wireless. Like a, like the size of a small, a small external hard drive. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah, and it's like a base station. Yeah. So you get the base station, you keep it in your bag or whatever. Cause like, you know, I'm still always carrying a bag, like a Merce, you know, yeah. like I've got my laptop. I'm not going to, I'm not going to not carry my laptop. Yeah. And so if you've got your stuff, maybe but, I, maybe I have an antenna woven into the fabric of the bag. Exactly. And while you're at it, solar panels on the front of the bag, it, you know, like all that stuff or like, you know, reclaiming power from the soles of your shoes as you're walking. Yeah. And like at, Harry's ring. Like what? Like Harry's ring. I don't Harry know what Dresden's that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I went straight to Harry Potter when you said Harry because it's been so damn long since they've released a Dresden novel. That's coming out in May. Oh, I can't. But yes, it is like that. <laughs> so I, it's it's going to be a little while, and I think the smartphone in the existing form factor is is still a viable product. It's still going to be a popular thing for a long time. But but I would be super happy to go back to 
um, like MiFi plus, I'm probably, I, I might as well just do that. The problem is, okay, so thinking this through, like, like I have, I've had a MiFi for a long time and then I gave it up when um, uh, tethering came to iOS. So, cause I was like, well, why am I paying for both of these plans? Right. But it would be super sweet. See, the problem is if you have the MiFi, that'd be great. And you could connect it to like a, like a decent sized external battery from like Mophie or whatever, and just keep it in your bag. And that's like your connection all the time. That'd be really cool. But the problem is like, it, you still need to, it, it would still, you still want it to have Bluetooth like in, or something to connect to the devices that don't connect to Wi-Fi. That's yeah, interesting. Well, we shall see, people. But I think the I think the bottom line is that the 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 cluster of sensors and actuators and battery power and radios that are inside of a smartphone are going to kind of explode into their component parts and get distributed around your person. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're just gonna have a big battery that you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah, like a huge battery in a phone would be annoying, but a huge mm-hmm. battery in your bag's not that bad. No, it's not. It's not. Um, speaking speaking of phones that are annoying, <laughs> just to completely change the topic, I bought a Windows phone yesterday. No way. Yeah. Which one? Uh, it's an older one. It's a. It's just. It's like a. It's a Nokia five twenty. So it's one of the older. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. those are pretty nice though. What colors do you get? They are. They are. Um, just black. Yeah. Uh, Kira. Kira is getting to the point now where she's staying after school for more things and stuff like that. So I wanted to get her a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So like, well, I'll just go ahead and get this windows phone. And that way, if I want to test something on a windows phone, nice, I can, I can do that. So, yeah, I, I've actually seen a fair number of those in the wild. I've seen more of those in public than, uh, the iPhone five C's. <laughs> that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Good. But yeah, I mean the, the five twenty. like I just like, I bought the phone. It was like 60 bucks. So, mm. you know, and who's the carrier? Uh, it's just a, it's just a prepaid. Um, nice, uh, like T-Mobile or oh. yeah. That's pretty sweet. I, the Windows phones are nice. I I like it. The problem is the app ghetto, but it's like they're yeah, pretty took, nice. Yeah, it took me a bit to get used to it. Yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of like give in to the paradigm. Yeah, you know, like people tile, like the tiles concept, and the fact that they mash up data from different apps. But it's really, yeah. it's really convenient. Like I used it as I used the Win, uh, Lumia nine twenty was my main phone for a couple of weeks. It's really nice, <laughs> and that's like two year old phone. <laughs> yeah, this is. It was funny. The, the I mean, it's the 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 five twenty is a it's a pretty basic phone, but it's a hardware wise, it's a nice little phone. Mm. Um. And yeah, the Windows. It's it's funny because in in the process of setting it up, and of course you had to create a Microsoft account for a yeah. lot of stuff. Doesn't and that all hurt? That. It hurts. Yeah, it does. And <laughs> it, it's it's just hilarious when we were doing it because we sat there for an hour last night trying to set things up, and we kept getting messages like, "Oh, we're sorry, we're really sorry, an error occurred. We're not sure what happened. Try again." Mm. Just like over and over and over, and then like. Every single thing we tried to do, we had to do three or four times. It's like mm-hmm, this is not a good first impression for for yeah, that stinks. Windows Phone, but you know maybe it was just a, a network thing. I don't maybe, know. Maybe yeah, knows. yeah. I who didn't knows. have that experience, but I'm sure a lot has changed in the meantime. They probably tried to integrate it with all kinds of stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. 
So, I mean, for me, it was pretty good. Like you could pretty much get every, I, like, I really don't use that many apps on my phone. It's like yeah. web apps, which would work fine. And then like Twitter, Facebook, Messenger. Yeah, like Kira, Kira took to it right away. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a sexy it's little phone. Yeah, it's, it's pretty intuitive. It's like, mm -hmm. like for her, there was really no learning curve. She just like spent five minutes poking around at it and it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is how it works and this is what it does. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put Flappy Bird on her now. And <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice stuff, you know. We'll you know, we'll just they're, they're number three. They're number three. They'll stay around, I'm sure. But yeah. Anyway, so I'm 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 really excited about the Pebble. It's I'm I've been talking about it way too long, but it's very exciting, and I and <laughs> and I am definitely going to be writing a watch face, definitely an app, maybe a watch face mm -hmm. for it for Kilo integration, but it, you can using the uh, Pebble cards app right now, you can, if you're using Kilo and you have a Pebble, you can get your calorie information delivered right to your watch screen, uh, which is really, really nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. I also bought a coffee with it and it has a Starbucks app on it and you can just, <laughs> you just go and put your watch in front of the barcode scanner and beep, you paid which is Jonathan's, Jonathan's watch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, think about that. like that, that like go, paying at the cashier, even with the Starbucks app, which is the best one out there in terms mm -hmm. of mobile payments, you still have to pull out your phone, swipe open the thing, wait for the app to launch, press the pay now button. The thing flips yeah. over. It's like, it's a, it's a 10 step process that takes five seconds. It's, it's definitely takes longer than pulling out your credit card. If you don't have your phone ready. Right. And, and the watch, you just pull, pick up your hand and put it. It's faster than a credit card. It's like, boom, done. You don't have to hand anything to anyone. You just, just like bang. And it's hilarious because I've done it twice. And both times the bracelet was like, did you just pay with your watch? Yeah. I was like, yeah. They're like, that's cool. <laughs> I hadn't seen that one. I was like, yeah, there's a new app for your watch now. They're like, cool. <laughs> nice. Yes. Very cool. You're um you're tempting me. I'm sitting here on sitting here on an order page. On the Pebble. Yeah. I know. I'm I'm trying to keep myself from buying a Pebble Steel because I don't need one, and I don't think they're like they're better looking than the plastic one, but they're not that great. Yeah, not a not another hundred dollars great. Well, if I didn't have one at all, I might go that way and use yeah. the le leather band on the silver one, but. Uh, but I already have one, and I paid. I think I paid 150 bucks for it to like spend another yeah. 250 to have two of them. I don't know. I don't know. I really. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm sitting here. I'm going uh, black or red. Black or red. Oh, good. Yeah, you're looking at the plastic ones. Yeah. Yeah. The. I'll tell you though. When you like, you remember swatches, right? From the from like the 80s or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're very pla. They look like that. They're very plasticky. They're not. Yeah. They they make them look a lot nicer in the website because it looks very glassy, but it's not. Mm -hmm. When you mm -hmm. get it, you're like, oh, that's plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they're they look like cheap cheap watch, somewhat stylish, sort of like cheap stylish, like hipster stylish. Yeah, I got the white one, which was dumb. <laughs> no, I don't want white. So yeah, don't get white. And probably get a black one. I get a red one to match my phone though. Black is safe. Red's probably. Like I always, I get nervous with colors. Like it's gonna clash with something. Like horribly clash with something. So yeah. I get a red one to match my phone. Yeah, that's a good idea. Get the red phone. Then you then you won't clash. <laughs> I'll be accessorizing my accessories. 
Dear listener, if you're if you're uh, interested in getting style tips from us, you have a major problem. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, if you're interested in getting style tips from us, I would like to remind you that I am legally blind. And we both play D&D, so... <laughs> Uh, okay moving on (laughs) so it's a pretty good segue actually in the wearables department uh to google glass so now i've had google glass for like uh, i'm just gonna call it say glass because i cannot say google glass i I know i I feel like a like an infant (laughs) yeah google gaga uh so i've had glass for two weeks now or something like that Mm mm-hmm and my, my insane jealousy has worn off because it doesn't sound I mean it sounds like it's there's something there but it doesn't sound like, they, like the greatest I, thing since sliced bread you can live without it let me put it like that <laughs> so so here's the thing and I, I've really everybody I've talked to that has them so first of all I've talked to in person with like three people who own Google Glass and none of them had them with them <laughs> yeah. so right off the bat you're like okay yeah, yeah. And I I no longer want to spend fifteen hundred dollars on this. No, and I will I will definitely I can definitely live without these, and I will absolutely send them to you so you can check them out because they're worth checking out. Yeah. But comparing them to to the Pebble, especially with this new update with the apps on it, is like it really really strongly um, it sort of gives me a really clear delineation between what the two things are. Mm-hmm. And really what I, I don't know if Google tried to do this or was, I don't know if this was their intention or not, but here's what I think they've done. Like they completely brought the concept of heads up display wearables into the mainstream consciousness. Yeah. Cause like I've worn them out in, in public a couple of times and I have, and I, I, I don't want to like, like when they first were announced, I was like, I would totally wear those in public. But now that there've been so many negative press stories about people getting in fights and stuff i start to like second guess that and and i've only worn them out in public like twice mm-hmm. and uh, well three times three times but but one time i was like going to be in the car the whole time so no one was going to see me so uh, the one time i went out with them nobody came up to me although i caught a couple of people like thinking about it like you could see they were thinking about it yeah and another time i wore them and two people came up to me separately and totally knew what they, they came. One person came up to me and said, so do they work? And like kind of excited, kind of like, you know, by the tone of her voice, you could tell that she thought it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, but she was kind of like, we were at a coffee shop. She was kind of like cleaning up her stuff or whatever. And I was like, yeah, they're pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't go out and spend 1500 bucks on them if I was a regular person, but, um, but they're pretty cool. And, and then another lady came up said something similar but she was kind of like she looked like she had more time in her hand so i took mm-hmm. them off and i said hey try them on and she was like jumped at the chance and and she was like pretty wowed by it like that the the initial impression is very wow like oh man there's like a transparent screen right there like i can just totally mm-hmm. see it but i but i can see through it too like like that experience of having like a, a translucent heads-up display is very powerful but then like five minutes later, you're like, but what am I going to do with it? Like, really? Right. And, uh, and so interestingly enough, in both cases, both of those people were older than my mother. <laughs> and, you know, so you're talking like, you know, late sixties, maybe, maybe I'll give them some credit. Maybe, maybe somewhere in their sixties, two 60 f- year old females completely knew what Google Glass, like knew what it was. That wasn't even like, what, what is that? 
They knew exactly yeah. what it was. Like it is completely a mainstream concept. Yeah. So, so that, I think that in itself is a good thing. Um, the other thing that I think is that, that whether they meant to or not, they, they, this is a moonshot. Like this is, there are a bunch of things that you could do to glass to tone it down that would may make it a more viable consumer product. But I, I think that that was never their intention. In fact, I think Larry was quoted as saying, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah, they're socially unacceptable, but that's not a good reason not to build it. <laughs> and to me, that says that he is never planning on selling it. Yeah. Because he doesn't care about like an important thing <laughs> that would affect sales. I mean, weirdly, they went and they have like nice prescription lenses, et cetera, et cetera. But, but I, I really, I really think that it's, it's more of a, like you could take the camera off and all of the bad news would be go away. Right. Like just don't have a camera. You don't use it that much. The pictures suck. You know, it's like, just have the screen. Yeah. Uh, or there's like things you could do to make it better, like, and make it less, uh, less obtrusive or whatever. But, but the combination of having all these, you could take off the, the, uh, touch you could take you could change the way the touch thing worked you could have mm-hmm. it just be notifications you could have it just be there's like a lot of it has a lot of features and uh um accelerometer and and geo and the touch pad and and there's just tons of stuff going on and but if they did that though if they had left all those things off you wouldn't as a developer you wouldn't be like Oh my God, like I need to think of a whole new way of programming with this kind of, Oh, here's a tiny screen. I can push data to. Right, right, right. (laughs) Exactly. Like if there was, if it was, if they did that, it would have turned into like the pebble watch on your face. (laughs) You know what I mean? It would be like, yeah, that's not really like this. The glass is a total moonshot. It's from the future. It's, it's like not, it's not not trying, they're not trying to create a consumer product that, gives you a heads up display to look at information they're trying to change the way you interact with computers exactly yeah yes exactly and it is and you can feel it like when you have it on you're like i feel like i'm in the future this feels like (laughs) the future it still has glitches and there's like stuff that could be smoothed out from the user experience but that's just like that's just like nitpicking it's you feel like you're from the future (laughs) Yeah, just don't don't search for pictures of Millennium Falcons. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Do you really think I should tell that story? I, I think you should. We can we can bleep out the parts that need bleeped out. <laughs> All right, so this is not safe for work, but but uh, so one of the things I've been dying to do with Glass is to get Cooper's reaction to it because he's old enough to. I mean, he's like super comfortable with iPads, and he's starting to get more computer comfortable with laptops and regular computers and stuff. So I was like, I wonder what his reaction would be to this, like the screen right there. And I kept, I've tried to put him on him a couple of times and he's just very picky. He's like, no, 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 no. So, I mean, he's just not interested. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I think if he saw that there was a screen there, that he would be more interested in it. Cause like if I p- tried to put regular sunglasses on him, he'd say no way. Yeah. So we're, you know, at night where we go up and like go under his, he's got a bunk bed and he sleeps in the bottom. And so we go in the bottom and read books and stuff. And so he was talking about Millennium Falcon or something. And like a lot of times we'll, we'll Google stuff on my phone 
and just be like, you know, we'll like read a, a Star Wars book and then he'll ask about something. And I'm like, okay, we'll look at pictures of, you know, Banthas or Boba Fett or whatever. And so he was talking about Millennium Falcon. <laughs> and I was like, I know what I'll do. So like, like he's very, he's very tuned in to when I say like, okay, Google now or like, uh, okay, glass or whatever. Like he, he, it's distracted him. He knows I'm not talking to him. He knows I'm talking to Google, which is a little scary too. So I didn't want to do that. So because it would call his attention to it, I wanted to be really subtle. So I was like, I was like, I'll make, I have this plan. Like I formulated this plan to, you can, you can, uh, cause total dad plan, total dad plan. I'm like, and this is on the fly. I was thinking on my feet. And I was, you can tap the glasses to call up the search. So you don't have to say, okay, glass. So you tap on it. So I got it to the Google search without him noticing. Right. So, so you were laying there next to him on the bed and he was, he could see the, the glasses. Right. So I'm in the screen. Right. So my plan was to, to sort of sneakily Google for Millennium Falcon and then be like, look, dude, they're right there on the, like, look closely. There's Millennium Falcons right there in that, in that glass right there. So, but I didn't want him to hear me search for it. So right. I, did, I wanted to time it. So I was like, oh, what we should do is search for images of the Millennium Falcon. And I, and I tapped on the search right at the point in the sentence where I was saying images or like pictures of Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And, and if you haven't used Google now or any of these voice recognition things, what happens is it, it types out what it thinks you said and yeah. then it does executes the search like a second later. So, yeah. so I go, look, there's pictures of the Millennium Falcon, and it goes bloop pictures of ladies fing. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> don't look, don't look. And Never I'm like mind. trying to trying to swipe down so it wouldn't like it wouldn't like continue this to swipe down to cancel. Yeah, cancel oh my god, I was like, forget these things, get Never this mind. out of here. Uh, and it, like normally, normally like the, with the v- verbal stuff, it won't even like, it won't even recognize the word sucks. Yeah. And I was like, how did it, how did it get ladies effing out of Millennium Falcon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I promise it was not for my search history. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken glass to that level yet. <laughs> but I was like, uh, so total tech fail. Yeah. But anyway, so the 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 point with glass versus the pebble is that glass is from the future. It's a moonshot. It's it's for developers to think way outside of the box how people could interact with computers in the future. Mm-hmm. And the and the watch is like super right now. The watch it's is cutting very, edge very right practical. now. Yeah, nobody's going to like look at you weird for wearing a watch. Yeah. No one even notices it. It's like super convenient. And, and that's the other thing. The glasses, even if I'm not using the screen, they give me a headache within an hour. I just, I just, I just get headaches from glasses, like sunglasses, any kind of glasses. Mm-hmm. So I just can't wear them. You know, it's like, I'm not going to go around with a headache. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have prescription glasses and they're like, well, you could get lenses made for, and I'm like, yeah, but I have a $650 pair of glasses. Mm. I'm not going to get lenses made for Google Glass in addition to that. You know? Right, right. <laughs> No, I'll send them down to you. You should really try them out. Yeah. I mean, they're they'll blow your yeah, mind. Yeah, I do but, want to try them out. Yeah, they blow your mind, but you don't want to actually use them. Yeah. <laughs> so, and interestingly enough, 
uh, Sundar Pichai from Google announced that within a week or two, they are going to release an Android SDK for wearables, mm. which is really, they're kind of all over the road, if you ask me, uh, with, you know, there's like the Glassware API, which is a really sweet concept. Uh, yeah, didn't, the, didn't they buy, what was the watch they bought? Uh, Wim, as a matter of fact. Wim. Good memory. Sure. And Wim was, Wim I bought, and in fact, Wim is the reason why I bought a white pebble because i have like a whim and another another black smart watch uh, but whim whim is whim is a little tiny computer with a watch band right it's like a touch screen it has wi-fi it can browse the internet uh you can take it out of the band very easily and put it somewhere else so um yeah, and so that's and that's what people are talking about they're like oh well the sort of android sdk and and it ran android way back when it was like 2.1, I think. So then Google bought them and now they're going to release this Android SDK, which has had probably a year at least or two years of polish and testing from this WIM team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to come out of it. But he said, you know, people were like, well, you know, are you guys releasing a watch? Is this going to be the way the glass works? You can put Android on glass. And, and he was very like, we see ourselves as a platform provider and, you know, people can build whatever they want hardware wise. And, you know, very like, very like, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe they'll release a Nexus watch, you know, that sort of a reference hardware. So people know like what you could do with it, like they do with the Nexus phones. But, uh, he, he even mentioned, um, a jacket. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, you, you can follow Google for a lot of things, but they think big. So anyway, so it's just a long, long ramble about wearables and programming and stuff. But the, the, the I mean, it all goes, just goes to reinforce like what we've been saying for a year and a half or two years, which is like, like you got to have APIs. You can't think too much about a particular client rendering or particular layout because this stuff's just going to explode into a million bits and it's exploding yeah. into a million bits. Yeah, there's there's more and more things that are, you know, we need to get information out to to very small screens or screens that don't render HTML or mm -hmm. yeah, screens, right, screens that aren't real screens and <laughs> yeah, you have imaginary virtual screens. Yeah, the the yeah. Uh, the watch. As a matter of fact, I don't I, I don't want to sign off before I mention, uh, I I violated our own principles with my first iteration of the um, Kilo for Pebble mm -hmm. because I was like, oh. Um, you know, this is only going to run, there's no other place this can run. And the, you know, there, I have very little bit of real estate. So I, I, I found myself wanting to format the text to the extent that I could. It only takes plain yeah. text, no tags or anything. So I put a couple of carriage returns in the content mm -hmm. and like to format it to fit that's the lower half of the screen on the watch face. And sure enough, then I discovered that you could slide over to a full screen view, full screen air quotes, like a, an inch diagonal. Right. And, uh, and, oh, it looks like crap there. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's like That's inserting, ins yeah, I, I, I inserted layout information into the content and it screwed me within an hour. Yeah. It's so it was just like, dude, don't do it. Like, why, why did you do that? Like, you know, not to do that. And I totally did it. And if it showed up, like if, if it showed up on a one line, if there was a one line view, a bunch of data that could have been on that line would have been Wouldn't pushed have been out there. of view. Yeah. It's just, I was like, 
oh, why? I knew I shouldn't do that. I was, I was doing it. I was like, wow, I always tell people not to do this, but it's fine here. <laughs> yeah. Do not insert layout into your content. I'm going to get that tattooed to my hand. So ridiculous. All right, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the 100th episode of the Niche Podcast. <laughs> Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>